Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Who's glad to be in church? Anybody glad to be in church? Oh, there's some people who are glad to be in church. If you're visiting with us for the very first time, welcome to your new church. We're glad you're here. We pray God would bless you. There is water and there is food and more importantly, there's coffee. Feel free to have all as much as you like. Uh, we believe in God's going to do something great in your life. Amen? High five your neighbor. Tell them you're looking fine. Gentlemen, if you were single, you owe me 50 bucks for that. How exciting. Uh, Maz and Bo, they're not here. They have a half reasonable excuse. They've just had baby. They're looking to increase the size of this church, and if that's how they have to do it, they are prepared to pay that price. Um, Mom, Dad, Baby are doing great. Isn't that exciting? We've got Pastor Daryl, Pastor Allison in the house, my pastors, the two people I love with all my heart. Thank you for being here. You guys are incredible. We had dinner the other night, and it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, I I noticed no, no one else was there. Did you all not get that invite? Um, so, yeah, it was a very awkward moment. I, I just, you know, it was like a table for 60 and just three of us there. I, it was weird, right? I was pretty disappointed in everyone, but that's fine. Do whatever you need to do. You guys encourage me. You stir me so much. When I leave there, I don't sleep well. I just want to do more. And so I just honor you guys. Thank you for, thank you for your love and your support. Uh, you know, these two, they care about this church more than you would know. We sit down at the table, that's all they want to hear about, what's going on, what's happening, what's, what, who's doing what, who's where, and they're just so excited about church, and um, isn't that awesome to know that there's people who care, outside of when you think they care, there's people who always care, and who are always praying for you guys, and so we honor you guys, you're amazing, amen? Now, a couple of quick announcements, one quick announcement, so I'm going to make it quick, and then we're going to smash this. So, uh, What's next? What's next? Out of the next steps, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do this as best I can. You can register your interest. <laughs> if you manage, fight people, do whatever you need to do to get it in there, to get your name down. We're going to start running that um, on the 5th. We're going to run on Tuesday the 5th. We're going four weeks. What's next? We're going to run a four-week growth track. I know what's about to happen. I will run a second one right out the back of that. I will do that. I know there's too many people already. Um, but just register your interest there. At least I know who wants to be part of that. I'm going to explain things like salvation. What is that? Baptism. What, what does this even mean? Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Is that even, like, how does this all go together? And then I'm going to explain to you things like how to read your Bible. What Bible? What's next? How do I live as a Christian? Like, how do I, how do I live life as a child of God? What does that look like practically? Right? I'm going to explain all those things. So it's going to be four nights. And then we're going to, um, I'm going to give you a gift, which is a motivational speech, and then you can take your next step again. Amen? All right, let's deal with giving quick. I want you to notice the, the, um, the language, 2 Corinthians 9, we're going to go 11 now, look at this, look at this. It says, yes, you will be enriched in every way. So you can always be generous. Pause. Yes, you, it's you who's going to be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those in need, 
they will glorify your Father in heaven. That's very, very interesting. Often we want to give so that we get seen. It's not about that. It's about giving so that He gets seen. It's about being generous because when people see generosity, especially nowadays, it's weird. Have you noticed that? You go to pay and everyone's going, um, I've got money here. Oh, you're paying, are you? Oh, you've got this round. Everybody's willing to make sure that everyone else pays. But being generous is something that happens. It's something that's unique and it's something that's different in this world. And when you're generous, people look at you, they see God. When we as a church do what we do, when we, when we bless people, when we, when we put this together, other people get to experience the goodness of God. Amen? So when you're giving, I want you to think about this. It goes far further than what you think. Far further. Often you minimize what you give. You think, oh, I've only got like 10 bucks. And? God's looking at your heart, not the dollar figure. You need to be generous in every different area, but you need to stop worrying about how little you think it is and start realizing that if all of us do a little, a lot more can get done. Amen? So when you give, give from that perspective. I don't just want to give money here. That's not what it is. I want you to be generous everywhere. Find somebody in a shopping center. Buy them a coffee. That's one of the hardest things to give away because you needed more than them, right? Amen. So, but find somebody. Bless somebody. Be generous. Be generous at work. Give them your lunch. Right? Some of us, could, we could do with a meal less. Come on. Like, be generous. Bless them. And you're, you're coming out better off. Amen? Come on. I want to pray with you if you're giving. Bow your heads. I want you to think about how you're giving, not what you're giving. And are you grateful that you can? Are you thankful that you have an opportunity? Many people don't. If you're here and you're visiting, there's, there's no requirement for you to give. But I want you to consider giving because it's going to stir something in your life. Be generous everywhere. Be generous everywhere you go. Father, I pray that you would bless every person in this room. I pray that you would bless them in the area of finance, but that you would make them generous in every area of life. Within these four walls and outside as well, we pray. Help us to do what we do as a church, to go further, to see lives impacted. Help us to build a church of magnitude that can have influence in the city that people could be set free, that people could find true life, that could have a relationship with Jesus. We pray this now. In Jesus' name, if you're in agreement, you can say amen. I want to thank you for your generosity. Um, you are making a difference. You know, when you give, you really are making a difference. You really are. If, if all of us decided to not give, this wouldn't happen. This just wouldn't happen right? We, we, we've, got to, we've got to pack this, we've got to set this up and we've got to break it down and this costs money, right? It costs money. It costs some of you a lot of money, right? It costs me a lot of money, but it's worth it, right? It's just worth it. It's worth doing. It's worth the, the blood, sweat, tears. It's worth the, almost cutting off our fingers on equipment we don't know how to use. It's worth risking Kurt screaming at us for rolling up cables wrong. It's worth it, right? When you hear the stories of life change, you realize it's just worth it. Amen? And we've just got to keep doing this. We've got to keep doing what we're doing because lives are being impacted. Amen? All right, if you've got your Bible, Matthew 4, we're going to go from 18. If you're with me, it's on the screen. If not, here we go. One day Jesus is walking along the shore, the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers. This is the only typo that I can find in the Bible. He saw Andrew, 
and he saw Simon, also called Peter. I'm convinced it was Andrew first. Simon Peter, you can just tell, there was, he's up to trouble on day one. That's the typo. It's the other way around. Throwing a net into the water, uh, for they fished for a living. That definitely wasn't me. I don't like fishing, but they liked it. They're getting on with it. And Jesus called out to them, come, follow me. We said last week, let's go. Let's go. If Jesus was here, it would be let's go, because if he said, come, follow me, you wouldn't listen at all. They listened, you don't listen. But they, that, he would say, wait, let's go. And I'll show you how to fish for people. And they let down their nets at once and they followed him. I wonder what you would have done. Would you have followed him? A little further up the shore, he saw two brothers, James and John, sitting, at, uh, sitting in the boat with their father, Zebedee. Somebody have a child and call this child Zebedee. Have a child, call the boy Zebedee. Come on, man. Somebody needs to. That name is just cool, right? One day when he's old and he's an uncle, he's going to be Uncle Zeb. Think about it. Like street credit from the beginning, right? Somebody do it or I have to. Come on. He's repairing their nets and, they, and he called, and called to them, come. And immediately they followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. That's what I'm thinking. Careful, Alex. One day somebody says, follow me. That's it. You leave dad behind. Mm, I know, bro. I spoke last week on, on why. Like, why would they follow him? Why? And if you didn't listen or you want to you catch up, hit Spotify or Apple. I even think Google's made provision for it. You'll find it there somewhere. Yeah, Google's trying. And, um, but if you want to catch up, it's really worth listening to because I think it'll help you understand what the point was. Like, what made people actually say yes? Because if somebody, if Jesus said, was walking down the shore and he saw Alex and he was like, yo, bro, let's go, follow me. Nowadays, it's like stranger danger. But back then, it was okay. And you got to understand why, right? So go and listen to it. It's going to be awesome. Amen? So last week, we, we showed him saying, let's go, follow me. And off the back of that message, I want to I talk to you today. And I titled it, listen up. Listen up. Tell your neighbor, say, listen up. Listen up. You need to listen up. When, when Jesus talks, you need to listen. And I believe that that was the start of something powerful, as he calls, calls those disciples. And, and his word is not so far behind now that it's not relevant today. It's relevant right now. And I feel like he's saying, hey, let's go. Listen up. You need to concentrate because he wants to do something powerful in our lives right here, right now. And we could be doing something incredible. I believe this. I believe that God wants us to be agents of change now in this world today. Not, don't, we don't have to wait till next week. We can do it right here, right now. We can make a decision and we can change the world. And He wants us to be agents of change. And what I'm finding is that for the most part, Christians, I won't knock anybody else, they are just comfort-seeking missiles. We are incredibly good at doing nothing. And fast, like we're obedient to this nothing thing. We do it and we do it fast. Come on. We got Christians who are afraid of sharing their faith. You're scared of it. Selfish, self-centered people. We care more about ourselves than we do about the world out there. Like I'm glad I'm going to heaven. You do you, baby. I'm going to heaven. And it needs to shift. I remember a friend of mine years ago, it wasn't him who had said it first, but he said it to me first. He said to me, really annoying. 
he would like shove this Bible thing down my throat every Saturday morning. And that was a day of hangover, man. It was a day of recovery. Come on. And, and he was just, he'd rock up at my door with this Bible. And I just knew I'd have to be nice and make tea. And he'd drink the tea and he'd always want more. And then he would, and then he'd share the Bible with me. I was annoyed by this. And I'd try to use things like the F word to try and encourage him out. But it never really took. And, and I, he, he, he said to me, I said, why are you doing this? And he said, because friends don't let friends go to hell and I'm your friend. You can be mad, but I can't just leave it. I will leave if you want me to leave. But know that I don't want to. And, and those sorts of things over the years have affected me. He cared more about the world around him. Here's what I think. I think, I think God's people can hear his voice. I think you can hear his voice. He says, my sheep can. I think you can. I think you're actually better at hearing his voice than what you think you are. You're just really, really skilled at ignoring it. He's speaking all the time and we're procrastinating all the time. <laughs> Come on. We don't like what he's saying, do we? It's uncomfortable. I've got enough issues. I don't need to be more uncomfortable. But Jesus is like a man on a mission. He was walking. He wasn't just kicking back, relaxing. He's moving. He was going. And he just shouts out, yo, let's go. We're on our own mission, aren't we? We're comfortable, if we're honest. We're comfortable with where we're at. And what we've got to understand is that Jesus is just not comfortable with where we're at. We like the status quo. He does not like the status quo. Why would he just accept it? Oh, well, it is what it is. They really love Netflix. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. And we have to make some decisions. And the trouble is outside of these four walls, you know, when we leave here, here we look amazing. We dress nice, do our makeup. How you doing? Blessed by the best. We use all these great terms, don't we? How you doing? Fine. Oh, yes, you are. Right? Like we've got all these like Christian things. We look lovely. And then we walk out of here and then my phone goes off the hook Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. My life sucks, and where is God? And oh my gosh, I want to kill my neighbor. And what is this whole like love your brother thing? I hate him. And like we we really are falling apart, aren't we? Like over here, we look like we got it going on, but outside there, when we leave here, we haven't got it going on at all. The trouble is, most of most Christians, I won't even go anywhere else. Most Christians, people who come to church, people who profess to love Jesus, they look, they sound, and they behave exactly like everybody else in the world. If you rocked up at a party, you would not tell the difference between them and anyone else. When they get to work, they swear like everyone else. When they're on the road, they hate everyone like everyone else. They're just, they, they just angry, they hurt, they bitter, they twisted. But in, in Jesus' name, I'm here. God bless you. On a Sunday. Mm. You can justify your actions, but it's true. And you know it's true. You know it's true. Amen? You still with me? Kinda? 
I heard somebody say, I wish I'd stayed home. (laughs) I get it. Come on. Jesus calls and these guys move immediately. Like right now, let's go. And they move immediately. What about you? Do you move immediately? When he says, let's go. When, he come, when his word comes, listen up. Do you listen up? Do you stop and take note of it? Do you do something with it? Or do you just carry on? These guys immediately did something. Now hear me. It's one thing to say, Lord, Andrew, Lord, go do something while I'm home. I want you to go reach someone. Uh, Yeah, like I said, I'm home. Phone someone. I would, except because it's just the last season. I want you to bless someone. I'll pray for them. I want you to do it physically. I'll lay hands on them. Right? But immediately they heard his voice, they responded, and then they did it. They did it so quick and they did it so well. You and I are in the room tonight because of the response they did and things that they did thereafter. Like 2,000 years from now, are people going to remember us as people who actually made a difference? Not just said, I heard from God, but did as he asked us to do. Or are we just going to exist? Jesus said, come, follow me. I'm going to teach you how to fish for men. You think that's weird. We caught you. <laughs> You're here. Right? Like, I don't want to fish for men. How's that going to look? Well, here we are. Right? <laughs> Obviously, he had a good plan. It worked. Right? And there's a lot of people who think like, man, but I give. So the pastor, that's his job. That's the pastor's job. How, how, I'll tell you what, you're already uncomfortable speaking about Jesus at your workplace. Give me your address, I'll come. You think, Andrew, you come reach my friend. All right, give me the invite, I'll come. No, oh, just because I've got meetings all day. Why? You, you, you think it's my job until I come there and do it, then you're like dying of shame. I walk in there from the Link Church and you're like, oh dear. You start squirming in your seat. Am I right? It's not my job. It's our job. And I'm not the person who stands here and says, I'll do nothing. No, I get out there and do my bit. I do everything I can. And trust me, I'm not here. I don't do it because I'm here. I've done it. That's why I'm here. I'm going to keep doing it. I don't need a title to do it. I don't care about any of that. I'm doing it because if I don't do it, those people are going to go to hell because I'm just sitting at home watching Netflix. They're going to do nothing with their life. They're never going to achieve what God's called them to do because we do nothing about it. We have the cure to their, for their eternity and we're hiding it because we're scared of what they think. Do you have any, I was confused when somebody said come to church, partly because I was drunk. Looking back, I'm more confused because that person was drunk too. But in our state, all right, let's go. And then you come to church, people go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Look at him, the Spirit of God all over this. I was going to throw up. I'm I'm not swaying because this is awesome. I'm swaying because this is way too early on a Sunday morning. Come on. 
It's not about we just do nothing and then we attend a worship service. We come here, we experience God together, and we sing together, and we lift up our hands, and we love Jesus. Lord, have your way. Lord, do what you want in my life. I'll do anything for you. And he said, go to work, and I want you to tell your boss what you did on the weekend. And your boss got to do much on the weekend, and you go, no, I mean, a little. I'm not going to ask if I'm right. But it is not my job, only my job. That I can tell you. And if you've got that in your mind, just so you know, that is anti the plan of God. That is against how he wanted this thing to work. That is anti-Christ. I do love you all. Next week's going to be amazing. Come on, Jesus is calling all of us and he's saying, listen up. He didn't just call them to follow him. Imagine how awkward that would be. Come follow me. What is just walk behind him? What are you doing following Jesus? And well, just follow him. Like even 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 as a even like as a six-year-old, you're better than that. You remember that game, Follow the Leader? Your leader jumps on something, you ju- everyone jumps on, everyone jumps off. No, he was training them. You're learning. Some of us did a better job as a six-year-old than what we do right now. He's saying, come on, I'm going to show you how it's done. Are you with me? Okay, come on, we'll, we'll, we'll swing around. Watch, we're going to end strong. The hatred's going to end. You're going to love this. <laughs> Matthew 5, 14. It says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light for everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine before, uh, shine out for all to see that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Right? So check. There's a light. Hashtag the Link Church. Imagine it's like, man, we've got this thing. This thing is awesome. We so don't want you to see it. Now, what is the point of buying that and spending the money and, and getting it, whatever, however that thing was made? I don't know how that was made. Uh, how, ima- why do it? Why would Jesus do something in your life and then go, right, got a great idea though. After all that work, I'm going to hide it. How's that working for you now? Hmm? That's what happens. He, something changes, and, and it's supposed to be an, this outward thing that comes. And what we do is we go and hide. We hide. Every time you get an opportunity to share and you didn't, you've hidden. Every time you have an opportunity to bless someone and you didn't, you've hidden. And it's not that we get the credit, it's that he gets the credit. He wants to do something in your life and you are stopping it. It's like he's turned you on and you've thought, I've got a great idea. I'm going to do something great for God. I'm going to hide under the table. How how is that working out for you? What does it look like to be a lamp? When you find people and you have them, people in your life, you start talking to people. You ask them how they are, right? You've got to be careful when you ask someone how they are. 
Nowadays, people will tell you how they are. Like if you're going to ask, have time to at least listen. Don't be like, no, look, I know you, uh, really, I mean, I've got, I've got to get going. No, you find out where someone's really at. Take time to find out where somebody's really at. And you'll find out that for most people, it is so dark where they are. It is so confusing where they are. They are so hurt and so scared and so confused and they have no way out and it feels like they're in this black hole and it's sucking them down. They are bound by depression and anxiety and whether you believe that that's a thing or not, I'm telling you as somebody who never ever struggled with that, I've gone through that. When you are in that place, it is so confusing. Everything is black. Nothing makes sense. And you are supposed to be that voice of hope. You are supposed to be that light that can show them the way out. You are supposed to be the person who's supposed to be there for them and walk that road and hold their hand and show them that there is a better way. Because if you leave them where they are, I'm telling you, the enemy will show them that the only way out is suicide and drugs and alcohol. That is where the end is for them. And we're hiding? You have so, but I'm, you don't understand, Pastor. I'm struggling. I know you're struggling, but you know Jesus. They don't. But I'm fighting addiction, so get them out with you. I don't even know if I know the truth. So sign up for the growth track and learn. Like, how do you want it? Like, I can't get to everyone's house and explain it to everybody every week. I'm trying to do everything I can to help you get out so you can win your world, so that you can respond to the call on your life. I'm doing everything in my power. It's in your hands to do something about it. He says, you are the light in your world. You're supposed to be that voice of hope when somebody feels hopeless. You're supposed to be that person who can encourage when there's no one else. You, my brother said it so well. He told me one day, he said, never, ever, ever assume someone as a friend. Because the odds are they do not. That's any friend. Don't even worry about a Christian friend. We think, yes, somebody else will get it. Who? Who's going to get it? Somebody else is going to help. Who? Who? Who's going to help? Who's going to do it? Come on, city on a hill. What does that even look like? God's calling you to be elevated. He wants your light to shine for everybody out in that valley. You're supposed to be expanding. You're supposed to be getting better. You're supposed to be smarter. You're supposed to be functioning well. You're supposed to be above the danger. You're supposed to be that person who's right on the top where people look up to and they admire and they see hope and they see vision and they see direction and they think, well, you think that city is perfect. That city is not perfect. The city was never perfect on the hill. But it is on the hill and God's calling us to be on that hill because people will always pay a price to walk uphill because if things are better, they will pay a price. It's easy to go downhill. But in that valley is darkness and fear and, and, and nobody knows where to go and it's cold in the valley. Come on, people are supposed to stand in awe of your position. What do you mean you're a Christian? Wow. This, I knew there was something. There's nothing better than going up. I knew there was something about you. I knew. I had our, our new receptionist. She said, oh, I thought you might be a Christian. And I said, I'm glad you like the idea of that. You want to come to church? Nope. <laughs> She's coming. Well, fire her. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> come on. 
Are you the city on a hill? Are you that light in your friendship circle? I'm not saying get out of your friendship circle. I was always told, Andrew, run from all your crazy friends. No, I needed to come away, be strengthened so that I could go back. Right? I, like, I, I don't need them to affect me. I need to affect them. If within 10 minutes around your friend, you sound like your friend, you need to leave that person. You need to find somewhere where you can grow. Amen? Amen. Are you shining bright for people? Or are you like everyone else? You're just trying to fit in. You want to be socially acceptable. You want to be like that cool dude or cool dudess. I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know. I'm aging. I'm getting older. I don't know what the cool terms are anymore. All I'm saying is this. Jesus is calling you. And you know those disciples, they were busy on the boat. They were busy fixing nets. But they, in the busyness of their day, they were able to hear God and respond. And my fear is this. You're so busy in your day to day that you can't hear the voice of God anymore. You can't hear it. And he says, my sheep hear my voice. You know, when a sheep starts to wonder, eventually it can't hear a voice. It's too far gone. Now it needs rescue. Somebody needs to either come fetch that sheep. Or that sheep needs to turn around and backtrack and go home. And for some of us, we've just walked off on our own way. We just keep cruising. And we wonder why we feel so cold and so left behind. Are you that city on a hill? Or are you the lost city? Are you that lamp? Or are you like just a flickering globe? You're like on and off. One day I'm for Jesus, the next day I'm struggling. Are you hiding in case people find out you're a Christian? Can you put the, the, the kids logo up? Have we got it? That was, um, that's what I, uh, when I prayed originally, I had no idea what we were going to do with kids. And, um, but if you know me, I, I love the kids' church with, every, with everything that is inside of me. And I felt God say, I, I want them to be a lighthouse. That's what I want them to be. I want, I want us to raise a, a kid's church. I want them to come in here and not have to start at zero. I want them to come in here and maybe they could teach a few of us something. There's no babysitting going on behind you. It's just not happening. Like That's probably one of the strictest, strictest areas in the church. You have no idea. You think you, you get it tough. They get it tough. I, I don't play games with that area. I'm not interested in that area. Like That has to be amazing all the time. I want them learning. No babysitting. I'm not interested in babysitting. Otherwise, it would be linked babysitters. Let me ask you this. If, if they are to be this lighthouse, where are they going to learn from? You and me. How you give matters. How you serve matters. How you speak to your kids matters. How you love people matters. How you engage with kids in this church matters. I take time because they matter. I, I spend a lot of money there. Some days way more than I feel I should. Why? Because they matter. 
Because I want them to grow up in a church and not have to go through what other kids have gone through. I want them to walk in here and they've got some fight in them. They realize, I know Jesus, I know who I am, I know where I'm going, and I know what I have to do to make sure that our God gets glorified. I want them to walk out into their school and make a difference. I just had Alex come to me, he said, he said I've got something on my heart that I want to prepare and then I want to take to my headmaster to find out if I can preach that at my school. Come on, how old are you, Alex? He's nine. Nine, and he wants to go and preach at his school and make a difference. That's what I'm talking about. That is what it is to be a light. And in today's day and age, that is social suicide. And that's all we hear about. We're like, whoa. So when he preaches, you can all go with him. Amen? No one said amen. I've got so much. We're about four sermons left. Normally you laugh much harder than that, so I know you just you just want to go home. <laughs> In the business of life, I'll close with this thought. I want to read you one thing and you can have coffee and recover. In the business of life, in the business of life, can you hear his voice? And then when he calls, can you respond? Can you respond? Is there, is there enough in us to respond? My, you know, we, I give you an opportunity every week. If you, if you feel like I need to make a decision for Jesus, you get an opportunity while no one's looking around to raise your hand so you include me in that prayer. And I'm always going to do that. I do. That's never going to change. If all the hands go up or no hands go up, I'm going to keep going. Right? What you don't see is that my hand is up and you're not looking. So it's not like I'm trying to impress you. My hand is up. Because I need to remind myself that I always need to respond to God. I haven't arrived. None of us have arrived. None of us are too big to, we know too much to respond to Jesus. If he calls, if he speaks, can we respond to him? And then more than just hearing his voice and becoming a follower, or can we do what he's called us to do? Can we win our world for him? Can we make a difference? Can we, can we change this world? And the, the simple answer is, how do I do that? And it's with a lot of effort. I wish I could say it was easy. Maccas is easy. Maccas is easy. Being a Christian is not easy. Being a follower of Jesus was never about ease. It's about fulfillment of destiny. I need to fulfill the call of my life if it's easy or it's not. Amen? So I want you to bow your heads quickly. I want to share something with you. I want you to think about this. I'm going to read you a... Um, a quote from a guy by the name of D.A. Carson. It's a confronting thought, then we're going to pray. People do not drift towards holiness. Apart from a grace-driven effort, apart from a Holy Spirit grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate toward godlessness, godliness, prayer, obedience to scripture, faith, and delight in the Lord. We drift toward compromise and call it tolerance. We drift toward disobedience and call it freedom. We drift toward superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of loss of self-control and we call it relaxation. We slouch towards prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking We've escaped legalism. 
we slide towards godlessness and convince ourselves we've been liberated. Father, I pray for every person in the room right now. Every one of us. Where we've drifted. Where we've found ourselves moving away from you. For whatever reason. I pray right now that you would revive that fire in us. That you would give us that vision again for our future. I pray that you would encourage somebody right now to know that it's not over, but it's just the beginning. I pray you would remove that from us, these things that we've drifted towards. And whilst we accept that we've drifted toward that, we choose right here, right now, to fight our way out of it. To fight back to what it is you've called us to. To become all that you've called us to be. We're not going to let man or anything else drag us from the plan you have for us. No matter how difficult it was, no matter what we've gone through, we lay that at your feet right now, all the hurt, the pain, and the confusion. We say, Lord, would you teach us afresh in this place? Show us again. Help us to read Scripture for the very first time, no matter how many times we've read it before. Help us to to get that word of encouragement for someone and give us the boldness to share it. Give us the courage to do what it takes to bring glory to your name. Help us to be those generous people everywhere we go. Help us to be people of impact everywhere we go. Give us that 10 seconds of boldness it takes to share our faith. Let it be that when people look at us, their immediate thought is, there's something different about them. It's obvious they've been around Jesus. You're sitting here, you're not right with God, you're not where you should be. I'm not going to call you forward, but I'm going to ask you to respond. If that's you, I'd love to pray with you. You're not where you should be. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. You feel like right here, right now, I'm going to live my life to the full. I'm going to give my life to the Lord. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and say, include me in that prayer right now? I see your hand. You can put it straight back down. I see your hand. Great decision. Know where you should be. You need to turn around right now. I see your hand. You can put him straight back down. I see your hand. Great choice. Come on, God's doing something great. He wants you to be part of something unbelievable. And I believe right here, right now is the start of that. One more time, if there's anyone else. I see that hand. Great decision. I see your hand. I'm going to ask you in a moment to stand to your feet. We're going to, I'm going to close in prayer. What I'm going to ask you to do is as you stand, whether your hand went up or whether it didn't, whether you're making that decision right now, when you stand to your feet, I'm going to ask you to leave that past behind you. Leave it on the seat. Leave it in the room. Rise and step into what God's called you. Step into it. Walk in that freedom from this day forward. Leave it behind. You can't take it with you. He's got way bigger and way better for you. Amen? Come on, if that's you, let's just stand to our feet. All of us, we're going to stand with you.
Anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. New, brand new. You get a fresh start, a new beginning. Your hand went up or it didn't go up. You're thinking, man, I want to turn my life around. You are a new creation, right? You're going from Frankenstein to Frankenstein. Come on, he's going to change everything about your life, right? He's going to turn this thing around for you. You're never going to be the same again. I want to encourage you to put your name down. Learn what it is. Understand the decision you've just made. Understand it. Go through that process. It's four weeks of your life could set you up for the rest of your days. Amen? Father, we thank you for every person who's made this decision right here, right now. They're giving their life to you. They're surrendering. They're just saying all to you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you give them a fresh start and a new beginning. That from this day forward, they will never be the same again. I'm grateful, God, that we get to be part of their life. We get to do life with them. We get to see what it is you're going to do from this day forward. Surround them and protect them. Cover them, we pray. Let it be that you finish that work that you start in them today. We give you all the praise and all the glory for it now. In Jesus' name. And if you're in agreement, you can say amen, amen, amen. I love you guys. Alex clapping. I love you guys. I'm, I, I really do. Let's make it count. Let's not just hear God's voice. Let's do something about it. If he's asked you to do something, let's do it. Amen. I found out that there is people in this church writing books. Come on. So I'm real excited about that. I knew from the time we started this church, people were going to start writing a book. And I found out that there are people writing books. So uh, crack on. You've got work to do. Let's go. Uh, we need to read them. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Grab a coffee, meet somebody and bring someone next week. Amen. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at the Link Church, God bless.